Before we get started, I want to draw your attention to the E on this podcast. It stands for explicit. That means that I will be using words and singing phrases or probably talking about topics you don't want your kids to hear. Being that said, fair warning, let's get started. I'm Christine Barr, and welcome to You Gotta Meet Her podcast. Today, we'll be talking with Brooke. Brooke is a wonderful human being that has tried so many different avenues of life. Um, I really enjoy talking with her because she has a different way of growing up um, from coming from a small, small, small town in Kansas to now in the big city uh, in Texas. Um, She has two beautiful girls and we talk about a a loss of a spouse, um, cultural shocks growing up and finding her identity. Also, her relationship with food, which I know a lot of us struggle with. I was so happy to have her on so that she could kind of speak to how she's dealing with that and her struggle um, and how she's a badass now. Her body is where she wants it to be. Um, We also talk about plastic surgery and just her finding out new things about herself. I am so excited for y'all to meet her. She is um, pure and very open about her past. Um, Some things were kind of hard to talk about, but we got through it. And she explains her lifestyle and who she is now. So let's meet Brooke. All right, so today I'm talking with Miss Brooke. Um, Brooke, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Brooke. I'm 29. I've been married to my husband, Chase, for about seven years. We have two little girls, a Emily, she's seven, and Amzie, well, she's almost seven, and Amzie is almost five. And we have, we have my husband's grandma lives with us. We have a wild house. <laughs> so what ethnic race or background do you have? So um, I claim that I'm white, but my but my mom is actually half Mexican, but I just don't look Mexican at all. And my great-grandma is full-blood Mexican. My great-grandpa is full-blood Indian, but I just came out as white as can be. So there's that. And, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Um, so did you have any of that background growing up? Like was, Um, was like the Mexican background really into your culture growing up? So actually my mom was adopted. So we didn't meet that side of her family until she was 20. So I was, I was 10 at that time. But after that we started meeting my great grandma and yes, of course it was, you know, oh, honey, come here, help with the tortillas, the salsa, and it was su- it was super fun being around all that, because all my aunts and uncles, of course, were Mexican, and it was fun. Um, so not until you were 10 years old did that culture kind of come in for you? Right. Mm-hmm. Was that a culture shock for you? Um, I don't think it was. I think just the, um, just the the passion I guess from everybody if that makes sense just how everyone's so loving and so passionate and so 
loud, I guess. That was a little bit overwhelming because I wasn't really used to that, but I loved it. So how did you grow up? Was it more of a quiet home then? So, yeah, my mom actually had me when she was 19, um, and she was married a couple times and didn't really pan out, and then she met my dad, who I call my dad now, when I was around 11, and they've been together like years now. So, but yeah, it was it was me and my mom a lot. We were, it was a typical single mom home, I would say. We were pretty broke, lived at my grandparents. We, my mom worked nights, a lot of alone time, because I was the only child at that time. So where did your other, did you end up having more siblings, or was it more like a foster care situation, or? Yes, so I am, right now, I am the oldest of eight, so I am my mother's only biological child, and when she married my dad, they decided to foster to adopt, and they ended up acquiring seven other children that way. Um, who are all interrelated with each other, too. Some of them have the same moms and dads. So it's awesome you're able to keep a lot of them together. So there's eight of us now, and then their last baby, they wanted one more baby, and my mom wanted to be pregnant, so they did an embryo adoption for my sister. And then they had my sister, and so I have a sister that's 20 years younger than me. So that's kind of wild. Yeah. So did you did you understand all this was happening or was it hard for you to kind of like I've been a single child for this long and now I got a huge family like what was that transition like for you It was really hard because my mom it was just kind of her and I and then she got married we moved far away from everyone I was used to and I went to a new school and then all of a sudden I was the oldest of 6 and then the oldest of 7 and then Fields of eight, and basically, as soon as I turned 18, I was like, peace out, <laughs> and I left, because it was just, it was a lot. So, but, where, where did you grow up? Um, so, it's in a small, tiny little town called Home, Kansas. It's population, like, 200. It's super small. What was that like? Oh, man, it was, <laughs> it was, I always say that song, Country Boys and Girls, Getting Down on the Farm. You know that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's literally like stay out, of, stay away from the bulls. If you get real mean, like that's literally how our like high school parties were out in the fields, like in the cornfields. It's yeah, that's literally about how it was. But it was like Target was an hour away, Starbucks was an hour away. The only thing we had was like Walmart, and that was twenty minutes away. And if they were out of something, then you just didn't get it. <laughs> So when you say um, schooling, I, 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 you just said like it's like 200 people. I'm thinking like, well, your family was like a, a fifth of the whole population. Right. Now, when you found out that your Mexican side was coming out, was that accepted in the area that you lived? Oh, yeah, because I never really like embraced that. Like I never was like, I never walked around and was like, I'm Mexican. You know what I mean? Because I just, I, even though like that's part of like my ethnicity it's not like really how I identify because I don't feel like I'm Mexican enough if that makes sense to identify that way but I don't know if that's the right way to say it but no it's perfect um so you decide you get through high school you said you turn 18 I'm out where do you go 
I met my late husband, Matt, at a party when I was still in high school. But he was stationed um, at Fort Riley in the military, and I met him there, and I um, I moved in with him. I kind of left school as soon as I turned 18. I, I was a mess. I dropped out of school. I moved in with my boyfriend. Then I re-enrolled in the town that he was that he lived in, and I finished high school by myself um, with him. And then we eventually ended up getting married. So yeah, I never went back home. Um, do you still consider Kansas home? Um, I'll say like, I'll say yeah. Well, to Chase, I'll say you want to go back home, which will be like you know Kansas. But I can definitely consider you know this with my family. It's home for me now. So Texas is my home now. Okay. Um, so let's unpack a little bit about the, your late husband. So how long were y'all together? So we were together five years. Oh, wow. So you guys were together for a while. Yeah. So, um, and like, I feel like it was in my most vulnerable, like time of adulthood, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 is like, you know, what molds you, I feel like when you're. A young adult. Yeah. So, yeah. We were married for, for almost five years and together for five years. Did y'all have children together? We did not have any kids, no. So what was that process like for you to lose someone? Like you said, it's a very prime part of your life. How how did that affect you? Like what was what were your next steps? Not necessarily the season before he passed, but like that season right after. What what are your thoughts? What's going on? Because you know, the listener might be in a relationship, might be married or might not, might be divorced, but that's something you hear older people talk about, right? Of losing a spouse or something sudden that happened where you lose a spouse. What was that season right after he passed for you? Uh, What, what were the things going through for you? I mean, I was completely devastated. Like everything that I had imagined my life to be, all the hopes and dreams we had were just, gone in an instant right do you mind me asking how he passed um so he was on his third deployment um this one was to Afghanistan and he was hit by a mortar so and he didn't survive yeah I know that has to be hard especially at that age yeah it was it was just it was it was just like you see in the movies you know where they come to your door and they tell you, and they don't even have to say anything because you know if they're at your door, like what they're there for, you know. Yeah. So, so. you definitely, it definitely was not trying to. Like, how, how do you say? It? Like it was definitely a shock. Oh, it was. Yeah, I mean, I had talked to him, you know, a couple days before. Okay. So it was definitely like, even though he has. He was infantry, so they are front lines. They're in front of everybody. So it's literally one of the most dangerous jobs, you know, you can sign up for. So even though it's always in the back of our minds, like, they had never lost. They, I think they'd only lost one person on a deployment, like, all the deployments they'd been on. So it wasn't at the forefront of my mind, for sure. So who do you lean on during this? Are you leaning on your own family? Because you said you left. You're like, okay, too too many of y'all over here. Or do you lean yeah. on his family? Do you have friends? Who Who's your circle at this point in your life? 
Uh, so my parents and I had a lot better relationship after that because that was, you know, about four years after I left the house. So five years after I left. So um, I definitely leaned on my mom. Definitely Matt's sister. She was close to my age. I really leaned on her and his parents. And I had a really, really great group of friends there with me. Just like I was in a daze for like a week, you know, so they just did everything for me. And it was just I definitely couldn't have done it without my friends and my family. Do you still connect with them today? Oh, yeah, definitely. They're still some of my closest girlfriends. Mm-hmm. So, but but yeah, Matt's parents, I don't really, a whole bunch of stuff went down, and I don't really talk to Matt's parents anymore, unfortunately. But Was this um, right after he passed that you are like, okay, we got to step away from each other? Or was this later down the line that you guys were like, no, we need to step away? It was a little later down the line. Um when I kind of started being with Chase, actually. Okay. So it was just too strange for them. And it's just like, no, you know, no matter when you find someone else, it's going to be the wrong time for somebody. So you just kind of got to, you kind of got to just do whatever you feel is right. Because it's just hard. It's hard to grieve and to know what's appropriate and when it's appropriate. And um, you just have to do what feels right for you. And we, we all do differently, right? We all grieve right. differently. So you can't really put your pain on someone else if they're not handling it the same way. Right. So um, you, how long do you, how long, uh, like, okay, sorry, let me get my question. So <laughs> this happens, you're in the season, you're relying on family and friends to kind of get you through this pain. But is there anything else that happens that you're like, okay, I got this? Or is it one of those things where you're like, I just need time, give me my time, and I will, I will definitely rock it after this? Um, honestly, what helps me the most is, um, I got pregnant with Emily and I was, I was at that point, I had just lost my husband. I was being super wild. Like I didn't, I was just, I mean, I was just drinking all day and eating and just doing whatever I wanted. Cause I had like, I felt like I had no rhyme or reason anymore, you know? Yeah. So I think once I got pregnant with Emily, like it gave me a reason to like clean myself up, get my stuff together, stop partying so much and just like get back like connected with life you know yeah so how long was it uh how long was that season your wild season it's um it's such a complicated story but so it wasn't that long um Matt passed away in November and actually got pregnant with Ebony in December oh okay but but it felt I mean, you know how when you're kind of, like, on a bender and you can feel like you're just, like, going and going and going. It feels like forever that you've just been stuck in, you know, mm-hmm. get up, drink, party, go to sleep. Yeah. Thing. So, well, I don't know if you know how that is, but. <laughs> no, I'll, I, I do. I definitely do. But but I think um, uh, party life ages you and takes, sure. takes time away from you. Yeah. So, it seems, like. 
I, I think if you weren't doing those things, yes, it would seem super fast for many people. But if you're doing those things, a, a week of partying is like almost three or four months, right? So yeah. like for for it, for you to be having that lifestyle, I think it's understandable for me at least to know that, okay, yeah, it, it was in time wise, yes, but in party life, no. Right. Do you, so do you think that, uh, well, how did you meet Chase in order for, was it at party or like? So, so I had known Chase through mutual friends beforehand. So we were kind of friends before, okay. but, but after this whole thing happened, we were a lot closer than we were before. And he was also a really big support system for me because he's, prior service as well he was an infantryman as well so he was always there to listen to me cry to console me to just you know tell me how much it really did suck and how unfair it was he just never made me feel ashamed for grieving over Matt you know yeah um I I I think that's that's a really good point that you said like we always hear you know if you're a widow or a widower the only other people that can understand that is someone else that is a widow or a widower. Right. Because it's not like you stopped loving Matt, right? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't break up. Right. It's not a divorce. Right. So I think you, you know, having Chase have that outlook of he understands because he's seen it. Yeah. What was his military life like? Um, so he was infantry, and he did two tours within for eight years. Um, he just ended up getting medically retired because of some injuries he sustained in his last deployment. So, okay. but I didn't really, I didn't meet him till the end of his military career, like when he was getting out. So. Okay. Okay. So you didn't know all his whole history, or go with him through that whole history? No. Okay. No. But. But Matt's the one who, like, we went through deployments together, and we, like, I lived army life with Matt, you know? Ooh, tell me about that. What is army life oh, like? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty, like, I hate to say, like, all the stereotypes are pretty true, but they are. Like, it's pretty true. Just, there's a lot of clickiness. There's a lot of women thinking that because their husband has a certain rank that they earned that rank, that they can tell you what to do. And, um, it's kind of a hot mess. There's definitely a lot of quick marriages, short marriages. It's, it's exactly like if you ever seen Army Wives, the the show, like it's pretty, pretty realistic. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I I have not seen Army Wives the show, but I stereotype for me is okay. We're picking up and we're moving. We're picking up yeah. and we're moving. We're picking up. We're moving. Can't buy a house because we might move in two years and there's no point in doing it. Oh, they said we're gonna be here for five years. Nope, we're only gonna be here for six months. We're picking up and we're moving. And then the quick marriages. What um did y'all have to do all that moving? Um, we, so we already were living together before we got married, obviously. So we just moved And My husband was able to re-enlist to stay. He was like, to re- he requested to stay there for like another four years. Okay. So that was, that was cool. Cause usually like this, this Fort, Fort Riley, when you go there, usually you're there for like a long time. So we did buy a house and we did like, he was there for quite a while. 
Okay. So you didn't really have necessarily the unstableness of the picking up and moving part. No, no. And we never lived on post either. We lived off of post. Oh, okay. I I would only go on post every once, but I like, uh, I tried to avoid, I tried to avoid it as much as I could, if that makes sense. Why is that? Um, I think it's just because of the women. (laughs) The women are just, they can be really catty. Mm Mm-hmm. They can be really catty and judgmental and entitled because of their husband's ranks. And it's just silly. And because we were like, we were so young then. I was like, you know, I was 18. So, you know, it's intimidating. Yeah. (laughs) Grown women are intimidating when you're 18. Right. Um, So let's, let's pass this season. You're, you're with Chase. You're now pregnant. What is your next steps? Are you working while you're pregnant? Is, is Chase working? How, how is that working out? So Chase was transitioning out of the army at that point and he is from Texas. So we decided that we're going to move back to Texas. I'm not working because I had quit my job when Matt passed away. So I quit my job and Obviously, um, him passing allowed me a little bit of financial cushion for a while. So we were able to move to Texas, and then we kind of started our life here. And Chase's family is here. So I loved loved living here, though. It's so much better than home city. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, So the Army gave you a financial cushion, which would have allowed you to kind of breathe for a moment and kind of figure out what you needed to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, Chase is transitioning. You moved to Texas. Is his family like super excited? There's a baby. Is this the first grandbaby? What's going on with that, that social side of moving to Texas? Yes. First grandbaby. Everyone's really excited. His family super warm and welcoming. I get along with all of them. Great. My mother-in-law is awesome. I have no complaints about Chase's family. They're, they're pretty awesome. And they, they help whenever they're just a, they're a really close family, which is really cool. And when you move here, you've already gone through a lot of different, it sounds like culture shocks almost, right? Yes. <laughs> like you have one when you're little, when, you know, finding out that you have a lot of, you know, Hispanic, Latina blood in you. And then you find out, oh, I'm the only kid. Nope. I got, you know, six or seven more siblings. And then you go through the culture shock of marrying someone in the army. And now you're going to Texas, you know. So what was that culture shock for you here? You know, what was the difference for you that you picked up immediately that you kind of clinged on to? Um, Here, I just felt like this was fresh and new. And I had so many options to really be who I wanted to be here. Like I was free from everything back home and I could really be my I could really be who I wanted to be here is what I felt like because I didn't have to go to only like one hair place or one you know dance place or you know I mean there's just so many options for so many different people here so what year was it when you moved to Texas um 2013 okay yeah 2013 Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you've been here for a while. Is And Texas yeah. is home now. Yes, Texas is home. All right. So now you're in Texas. Tell us tell us about your come up in Texas. Man, so I loved it. I've gone on a bunch of different adventures since being here. I've, 
found a lot of different hobbies that I want to explore. So I kind of say I'm like jack of all trades, but a master of none because I get all these ideas and I kind of just run with it until I find something else. But um, I really got after I had Evelyn in 2013, I really got into natural birth, um, um, kind of how bad the system is in the hospital with how women are being, treat, being treated and the lack of support. And I really wanted to help with that. So I decided to train to become a doula. So I still do that a little bit now here and there. But I really love, I really love watching things being born. I know that's weird, but I like it. <laughs> you like seeing that life come into the world. Yeah, and it's just like when after you watch a mom hold their baby after they just like did that thing right there with no drugs or with drugs, whatever. Just watching, just watching a mom and a baby being born every time is just like, I mean, it's awesome. It's cool. Yeah. Um, what other adventures did you go on to? Um, so I also, I started working out a lot because I got tired of not being able to play with my kids like I wanted to. (laughs) So started working out a lot and eventually I became a personal trainer. So I still do that here and there too. But I guess fitness is my big passion right now, but I really, maybe in the future want to do something like with postpartum fitness and doula services, like combined. I want to figure out how to offer that as a package somehow. But so that's t- just me thinking. Um, so you already had your second child when you went into fitness? Yes, uh-huh. Okay. So what sparked that? Uh, you said you weren't able, like, how did you notice that you weren't able to play with your kids like you wanted to? So, like, my aha moment was when we were at the park and – Evely had asked me to swing with her and I sat down in the swing and like the chains cut into my hips and my sides like so bad that it hurt too bad to swing and I'm just like okay that's enough like you can't be having this anymore and so I just kind of started working out and then I found keto and then I found weightlifting and those two together were like the magic key for me. Um, so, how, how big were you at that time? Um, so I started around 209 pounds. Okay. So. And, uh, what size were you? Like, do you know what, what dress size you were wearing? Um, probably like a 14. Okay. Like a 12 or 14. Yeah. Cause you're tall. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like five, five, but like my weight, when I gain weight, like I gain it pretty evenly. So. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, I, I'm five foot, so, like, <laughs> like I, there's no way I would be a size 14. <laughs> I just kind of want to give the listener an idea on, um, like, how it was proportioned. Um, so, how how did you end up finding this way to start losing the weight? Uh, well, when I started weightlifting, first of all, I hate cardio. I've always hated running. I've always I always just hated feeling out of breath, you know? Um, so when I found weightlifting, I realized like I could, I could work out this way and I could burn more fat and I could eat more and my body actually looked toned as opposed to just skinny. And I was like, this is magic. I can literally sculpt my body into whatever I want it to look like with weights and diet. And then I just kind of 
got a little obsessed with seeing results and kept taking it a little further and just seeing where I could go and just tweaking things depending on my goals. And it just became a really fascinating thing for me. And I just love it. <laughs> Who did you use? Um, I, I guess my question is, is like, what was that journey for you to lose that weight? Because, you know, we all know it didn't happen overnight, but like, no. what was the struggles that you had to get to the point that you wanted to be? Um, can you repeat that again? What was the struggles? What? That you had to get to where you wanted to be. Like, what did I have to do to get to where I wanted to be? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing was just being consistent. And I just kept telling myself, like, I had this on my phone. I was just saying, I know what happens when I give up. I want to see what happens when I don't. So I just kept thinking that over and over and over. And and I actually really enjoyed weightlifting a lot. And so it was something I looked forward to every day. But diet was definitely my hardest thing. But with keto, I didn't feel like I did on other diets. I didn't feel like I was starving or grumpy or super hungry. I feel like I can kind of eat whatever I want that's keto and be happy. But it was, it was, it was kind of crazy. Like I, it took me about a year and a half to lose 70 pounds, I think. And then I started putting on some muscle, but it's, it didn't seem like it took that long, you know? Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. So what is your relationship with food? I, I hear you say, okay, I had this going on. I really needed to be intentional. I knew what it was like to mess up. What was that relationship with food? Because you really, it seems like you found the magic formula, but food was yeah. the hard part. Like what was, what about food was your downfall? Or uh, I, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. Not your downfall, your, your struggle with it. With food, um, well, first of all, I just love food. I mean, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And I, um, I I, definitely am an emotional eater. I am a binge eater. I literally attend Overeaters Anonymous because I just have a terrible relationship with But it's, I don't, what was the question again? I forgot. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um, what was the struggle with food that you had through those seven months you were trying oh. to lose? Oh, I just, I had food calling my name constantly, but I was, I realized, like, I only am happy for a few minutes when I eat, and then I'm, like, mad at myself, and then I'm, like, was it worth it, you know, and sometimes it totally is worth it, and I totally live by the fact that you should, you know, do good 80% of the time and live your life, like, I don't think you should be so strict, but at that point, I, I needed to be strict because I had some serious work to do. But it was it was definitely hard to not eat all the food I wanted. But once I stopped eating all the carbs and the pasta and the bread, like it really wasn't that hard for me once I stopped and was seeing results. So I think the combination was definitely huge for helping me stay on track at that time. But now it's quarantine and just everything's gone away. So yeah, <laughs> there are no rules anymore. Right. You just eat eat every day like it's your last. Yeah. So how are your, um, shifting gears, how is your relationship with women now? Now that you're 29, what is your relationship with women? 
Um, I like, I love getting to know women more and why they think what they think. And I love having conversations on where their opinions come from. And I feel like I am a lot slower to judge because you just don't know who someone is or what they've been through or anything like that, you know? So I don't know. I guess I love women. I love women, but I'm still cautiously optimistic sometimes when it comes to new people because I like to be very intentional with my friendship and with my time because it's important to me. So I've really been trying to, you know, pour into those that pour into me. Where did you start to get to that mindset? You know, we all have, you know, you see, uh, I guess social media would be, oh, me and my girlfriends did this. Me and my girlfriends did this. When did you get to the mindset that, no, I need to find someone that will pour into me? Um, after you keep kind of pouring in, into these just vacuous relationships and you don't really get anything back. Like I was just, like, I had done that for a while with multiple people and I just felt like I was so excited to be friends and giving it my all. And they were just like, I was on their back burner and I was just tired of giving pieces of myself to people who didn't care. You know, what was your aha moment with that? Um, probably when this one friend I had, like I really poured into her family and her a lot. She moved and she, and I thought we were really good friends and she kind of just left without saying goodbye to me or anything like that. And we would like watch each other's kids. We like, I felt like we were really close and she just kind of up and left without saying two words to me. And I was just like, how did you do that to somebody? That's so rude. Do you still talk <laughs> to my her? Feelings. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've kind of, like, we've talked here and there now, and, like, we've squashed it, but that hasn't been the first time that something like that's happened. In that relationship? Not in that relationship, but in, like, like I think I have a pattern of trying to fix things for people in hopes that they will like me, if that makes a sense. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I think I kind of need to, I think I've kind of been like, well, if I like myself, and I like who I am, and they like me, that's the kind of friendship I want. I don't want them to like me because I do stuff for them, you know? Yeah. Do you do you find yourself more hesitant now then to do something for someone? Or do you think that you kind of have a good group where you're like, okay, these are my people. I know that they'll be there for me. Yeah, I feel like I have a pretty solid group of friends like that I can ask favors for and that they can ask me the same, you know? Um, but yeah, I just don't like – I just felt like I was being – I was letting myself be overused, if that means, if that makes sense. I was just, I was giving too much, like, well, and it was when I was younger, so just giving people rides everywhere, or money here for gas, or, but it was, like, constantly, so. Yeah. I just got kind of tired of it. <laughs> yeah. I think that once we get to a certain age, and um, we learn that lesson. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of it kind of changes, right? Oh, I learned yeah. this lesson. Now I know that I don't want to do that. And you, unfortunately, you have to drop people. Yeah, you do. Um, so Texas has definitely been different for you and women itself. Yeah, I've just um. So I've met yeah, I've met so many amazing women here with so many different viewpoints than you would find in home Kansas. So it's just been so amazing to watch my mind open up, my heart opened up, my emotions opened up by these women who just kind of pour their knowledge into me and who just 
like are not afraid to have real open conversations about things like it's just something that and you're allowed to have a different opinion and they don't attack you it's like it's almost like why should that be so bizarre but it's like it kind of is like yeah. it takes some getting used to <laughs> Would, would you say that's an insecurity of yours of being able to be as open as you want? Definitely. I'm definitely afraid of being perceived as too outspoken or like kind of crazy, you know, which I'm really not that crazy. All my <laughs> ideas make sense to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you think that um, when you say crazy outspoken or you know that insecurity did you put that on yourself did someone else tell you that where did you get that insecurity about your personality being too much for someone um I just think well so I read this thing the other day where it's like well the things you're most passionate about are the areas where you're most vulnerable so that's like how I feel like if you were to tell me like I know I'm good at working out but if you were to tell me I'm not good at working out like that would super hurt my feelings you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it's like I don't know so like I know that like I'm super strong in my opinions and for you to come in uneducated on a certain topic and just spit your opinion at me when it's not even valid I'm like how are you doubting my opinion though? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. So, but yeah, I'm definitely vulnerable when it comes to my opinions. Cause like if I form an opinion, it's because I've like researched it. So I don't know. See, uh, cause you're, you're so, coming with an educated opinion. Yeah. Or I think I am, but you know, I guess people can be educated in different ways. But yeah, I, d- I feel more vulnerable in the places where I'm outspoken. Okay. I guess I would say. Um, who's your role model right now? My role model? Dang. I don't know if I necessarily have a certain role model because there's so many things about so many different women that I like, you know. Um, I don't think I have a specific role model right now, honestly. Okay. That's, I mean, that's totally okay, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and are you spiritual or religious? Um, I think I'm both. I definitely am into, like, you know, the moon and stones and nature, but I also love Jesus. So, but I think it kind of all goes together. Did you grow up that way? Yes, I grew up a Christian. Um, I kind of fell away from the church a few years ago, but um, got back into it um, more re- recently within the last few years. But my husband grew up Jewish, so oh, I that was shocked for him. Yeah, I, I was about to ask what, what your husband was. That hard bringing him into your family with him being of a different faith. My parents were definitely hesitant about it. But um, he's really supportive with my Christianity, and he does go to church with me, and our girls go to Christian school, so he's super, he's super supportive on my end. Like, it took a while to get him comfortable with it, but now he's great with it. Um, do y'all use any cultural, um, like, Jewish traditions as well, or is it really just your Christian background that, or, you know, your Christian um, traditions it's pretty Christian. Um, his his sister is an or, is Orthodox Jewish though, so 
sometimes we'll go over to like um, her in-laws for Shabbat or something or stuff like that. But we don't really practice. We just practice if we're with like her family, you know? Yeah. Um, how do you parent your children through, cause I know you said they go to a Christian school, um, but they're getting to see so many different aspects. Does that change your way of parenting? Um, yeah, so I'm not, so they do go to a Christian school, but like, for instance, they were playing cops and robbers the other day at home and they're like, we're not, my daughter's like, we're not allowed to play that at school because there's no guns in the Bible. And I'm like, uh, this is Texas. There's guns here. You know? I'm like, I'm like, yeah. But what's his face still killed his brother with a stone. So if you want to kill someone, you're going to kill someone. Anyway, so we had the whole gun talk about that. <laughs> but that was wild. So what would you consider your parenting style? Um, I would say I'm, I'm open parenting. I'm open. We try to really just... We try to gentle parent. We don't we don't spank. I have spanked before, but I wouldn't say that we're spankers. Um, we're, we try not to yell. We're, we're just, we just try to gentle parent. Yeah, just more guidance. Yeah, more guidance and talking, which Chase is really good at, and I'm not that good at. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like the guys are really good at stuff like that. Like they, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, a yeller. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so switching gears to stereotypes and the way you see yourself in media versus, um, real life, how, how do you not see yourself in media? Um, so I feel like almost if you have like more liberal ideas, you're viewed as like a hippie and I don't think I'm like, like, I don't, I don't know. I just think that there's no one out there that's like super into I don't, it's so, it's, it's hard, I don't know, it's hard to say. Like, I'm into so many different things, but I don't see who I am portrayed in social media. Like, I see lots of different little bits and pieces of things that I agree with or identify with, but I don't see me. Um, when you say bits and pieces, what's the usual bits and pieces that you would see? So I see, like, people that are, like, let's see, like, proactive for, I don't know, LGBTQ rights, but but don't like Christians, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or just there seems like a lot of things I believe in that kind of, like, go can go against each other in media. Okay. So. If that makes sense. So are you heterosexual? I am, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. And so, being that said, do you see your body type or the person that you are in social media? I see, I see my body type. Yeah, like my physical aspects, I definitely see in social media for sure. Do you but, think before you lost the weight? Did you? Um, not as much as I see it now. Like I, I can see like a swimsuit ad with a plus size model and a normal model now. And like, I did not see that a few years ago. Nobody, you didn't really see it a few years ago. Now it's up and coming more and body positivity is more. And we are seeing more body types represented, which I think is awesome. Um, do you think people judge you when they first see you? Uh, yes, I definitely do. What do you think 100%. that is? 
because I have RBF. Yeah, I think I've gotten a lot of things like, oh, I thought you were going to be stuck up. I thought you were going to be catty. I thought you were going to be, you know, judgy. Or I, I get a lot of things that people think about me. But they'll tell me that, like, after they meet me, you know. <laughs> so are you used to it or have you tried to like change the way you look at in your face like what have you what what was your next step after that uh no I haven't tried to change my face any more than I want to change it which I've yeah. changed it a lot because I want to yeah <laughs> but um no I like my face I'm just like I've kind of got to a point like I know who I am like you can get to know me or not but like you're lost if you don't I'm pretty cool have you always been like that? Um, I've always, like, been one to talk to anybody. Like, I mean, something to talk about with everybody. I've no, I don't feel like I've ever been excluding people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm always, like, happy to talk to whoever wants to talk to me. Um, and where does your confidence come from? Um, I don't know if it's confidence or if I just, like, love to talk to people. Okay. So, so just your love of people has made Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, like, always like getting to know people and hearing their thoughts and opinions and what they're, just what's going on. I just like people. I'm a people person. Yeah. I love that. All right. Are you ready for your Spitfire questions? Yes, I think so. Okay. What's your favorite color? Glitter. Favorite book? Um, right now I'm reading Where the Crawdads Sing, and I really like that so far. Oh, okay. What is that about? Um, it's about this girl who lives in a marsh, and her family kind of abandons her, and then she's there all by herself, and then she kind of meets these boys and falls in love, and that's about as far as I am. Okay. mystery. There's okay. a mystery. Yeah. Who died? <laughs> Are you a saver or a spender? Definitely a spender, 100%. Democrat or Republican? Um, I say I'm independent. Okay. Because I just like go, because sometimes not everything matches up. Yeah. Are you a good girl or a bad girl? <sighs> Depends where I'm at. Um, I'd say, I don't know, I'd say I'm mostly a bad girl probably. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a rule maker, rule breaker, or rule follower? Um, I'll be a rule maker. What's your natural hair color? I think it's brunette. I haven't seen it in a hot minute. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You haven't even seen it in quarantine? It's pink now, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now, now you got pink hair. Okay, um, plastic surgery, do you have any? I have, I have a, enough. I have, so I have a chin augmentation. I got my nose done. I have fillers in my lips, in my cheeks, my under eyes. I have Botox and I have big boobies. <laughs> yes, you do, girl. Get it. And they're new. And I just got them in August. And they were my first set after breastfeeding for four years. So mama is feeling happy. Yeah. Good for you. All right, salsa being a given, guac or queso? Guac. All right, all right. So 
Is there anything that you would like to say to the listener that we have not covered yet that you definitely want them to hear? Um, I would just say be you and find yourself and find people who love you for who you truly are and love them back and appreciate them. This podcast for me was very enlightening because I've seen Brooke um, through most of her journey um, with the weight loss and seeing how hard she works. I definitely wanted to stress the part where she says that You know, she's seeking help for her food and that sometimes she eats things and it's not worth it. And then she feels worse about herself. And I think we all have had that issue where we turn to food and it doesn't make us happy until that last bite. You know, longest we're eating, that last bite is our last bit of happiness. And then it comes back to whatever emotions we were trying to feed. Um, And her loss of her spouse, um, it's very interesting. You don't hear that many um, young women, especially at the ages in our early 20s, losing a spouse and how that can shape the way you think. And intimidation of other women, you know, when you have a crew or a clique and you're in your later 20s up, you kind of found yourself or we think we have. And what impression do we give to younger women that might not be in the same boat as we are or in the same season? Um, We've all dealt with someone either older or younger making us feel different or not accepting us because of um, our current situation. So I hope that this brings us to a thought process of how can I lift other women up or how can I support other women, which Brooke embodies so well. I also love the part where she brings out that she likes to talk um, with anyone. She loves people and the different faiths that they have in their family of her husband being Jewish and her uh, upbringing being Christian and how they bring that to their daughters. Um, I thought that was really um, insightful because we all either know or go through a point where Our spouse or our partner has a different upbringing and how to blend that, especially with having children and parenting styles. I just wanted to let you know I am enjoying so much putting on this podcast for y'all and I hope you're enjoying listening. Um, I am on six different podcast platforms, Anchor, Breaker, um, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. So if you want to share this with a friend, we also have our Facebook group where I post pictures and if I have any old pictures of one of the guests I like to post those as well Um, so you can just kind of see them and get to know them a little bit more again thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time love you bye